Hey guys, we wanted to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our church's podcast. This week's sermon is from our series Alpha and Omega. To learn more information about Sturkey Hills, you can find us at sturkey.church. Oh, and don't forget to hit subscribe to our podcast so that you can always stay up to date with our latest messages. We're so thankful for all that God has been doing in the life of our church and the part that you play in it. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day. Well, let me invite you to open up your your Bible or whether it's printed or on your device, open it up to Genesis chapter 27. That's where we're going to be looking at today. But as you do, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I heard you sing this morning. You were loud. Don't say anything else. All right. Now, some of you all didn't hear your neighbor sing. In fact, I don't think God heard them sing. It was so quiet, man. God didn't even hear you sing. I want to remind you that it's true that the word of God says that when we sing, when we worship, that God inhabits the praise. He shows up. He hangs out with us. All right. And I often wonder, you know, what if, uh, what if the Holy Spirit is like meandering through this congregation during worship and, and he looks up to God and says, hey, God, are, is this row right here, uh, are they dead or are they like practicing? Okay, because I, I, I'm not getting anything right here. Okay, and so I want to encourage you, man, to just worship God. And you may be here today and you say, yeah, but Brother Joel, here's the deal. You do not know the week I had. You don't know the chapter I'm in. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't even pretend to, okay? But if you're a child of God, I know you're God, and I know the future you have, which is much, 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 much bigger than the scenario you may be in in this moment. Now, I want to encourage us today, um, first of all, by helping us be aware that all of us have bad times. I also want to encourage us so, so we're not alone. Number two, I want, I want to encourage you with this. There's something bigger than your chapter. There's something bigger than this scenario, this little uh, uh, environment that you're in. And it's huge. I know it is. I know it is. But there's a God who's bigger than that. On Wednesday nights, uh, right here, we have a prayer time, man. And and I'll invite you personally. You can come join us from 6 to 7 o'clock, okay? We're studying the book of James, a very practical book. And we pray together. We pray for each other. We pray for this church. We pray for our community. We open up God's word and we learn from it. And there's this very interesting verse in James chapter 1 verse 2 where he says, count it all joy when you are in the middle of various or diverse trials or troubles. Count it all joy. He does not say enjoy it. He says to count it all joy. And the reason is because no matter where you are, listen to me church, no matter where you are today, or where you find yourself tomorrow, there's a God who wants to be right there with you. And you will not be by yourself in the middle of that trial. And that's what the truth is. That's what it's all about. So, so after this message, i got to shout. I know some of y'all had a terrible week. I know you did. I know you did. I know you did. Okay? In the early service, there was a couple. And as we were going out, I'm just going to go ahead and rat them out. They said, hey, and he's a dear friend of mine. He said, he said uh, man, you don't know how how." In particular, that message was for me today. And I said, well, that's great, but it really wasn't for you. It's for me, okay? But I'll let you share in the love, all right? He said, no, you don't understand. He goes like this. He says, look at that. The whole end of his finger was gnarled up. I thought he got it hung in like a bandsaw. I said, what did that? He said, dog. A a dog that he had to get shots in his stomach. That's a pretty bad week. His wife is standing there with him. Yeah, look what happened to me this week. She pulled up her sleeve. Different dog, different day. Teeth marks all in her arm right here. Her arm was swollen. And I'm sitting there thinking, I thought I had a bad week. Okay. (laughs) 
Thank you, Jesus, to keep the dogs away from me, okay? It's, there's always another situation, another scenario. Now, now here, here's what we have today. We have, we have Genesis chapter 27. And if you're God, and you're not, but if you were, you would think you would leave this chapter out because it's ugly. It's got all kinds of hairy teeth ugly, all right? It's an ugly chapter. This is God's family we're going to talk about. Now, I, I titled t- today's message this, Christmas Card Photograph. Now, you know what the Christmas card photograph is. That's that, that fraction of a second in time, after about 4,800, you pick the one that makes your family look the best. And you know what I'm talking about. You hang them on your refrigerator, and at some moment in the day, in the week, during that Christmas season, you look at the refrigerator, and you say, I, that family is a little prettier than my family. That, they're not only prettier, they're wealthier They're healthier, they're happier, they're smileier, they're funnier, they're funner, they're thinner, they're friendlier. That's a full package family right there. And that's not the family I see every day. Okay? That's here's the thing. Keep in mind, man, this is a snapshot. It implies snap quickly, a fraction of a second. It captured that moment. Okay? And if you don't believe the Christmas card, you can go to Facebook, man. Look at Facebook. Man, they're at Disney World. Everybody's happy. They're standing in a two-hour line, and they're happy. Figure that one out. It ain't right. It ain't real. It's fake. It's a facade, okay? Everybody's family looks better than your family. I want to show you a family today that's God's family, and it looks worse than your family. You said, there's no way you don't know my family. No, but I know God's family, and I'm going to show you his family. Now, it's funny when we take our Christmas photos that we know who picked the photograph. Do we not? I'm going I'm to rat one of our own, the Cox family. I'm just going to be real. This year's Christmas card, are they in here? Good. I can talk about them. Oh, they skipped? He skipped today? They're in the nursery. Even better. Okay. Christmas card this year. Kendra, you said it. I'm, I'm going to blame it on you. Yes, you did. I know who picked their Christmas card photograph. It was not Jonathan. Meredith? Oh, she's looking good. Look, glamour shot. All the, you know, the kids, there's just two of them at that time. Nash wasn't here yet, was he? Nash was, even Nash was a newborn baby. He's smiling. Everybody's happy. Jonathan looked like somebody hit him in the throat with a stick. You know, he's like, you know, I know he didn't pick that photograph. If you've got daughters and you're the father, every photograph that anybody ever sees, you may look like you just, you know, climbed out from under a rock, but they're going to look good, okay, at your expense. In fact, I think they think this, the uglier dad looks, the better we look. You know, because it's a comparison thing. It's keeping it, it's keeping it uh, real, all right? It's relative. So we're going to show, I'm going to show you a family in God's Word. It's going to help you be excited about your family. I'm going to encourage you today because I want you to see how God does this thing. You know, most of us carry a smartphone now, and this is kind of funny because I can open this thing up to, to uh, my camera, and I can zoom in. Let me just zoom in. Let me, who am I going to zoom in on right here? Who would want to zoom in on right here? Trey. I'm going to zoom in on Trey right here. Now, I can take a picture of Trey right there with his ponytail. First time I've seen you in a ponytail, by the way. It looks good. Okay, I'm going to take that right there. Okay. Now, I can look at that, and that could be the feature moment because it's just a, 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 just a little segment of the whole thing. Or I could put my phone in Pano, okay? And you know Pano. Pano is the one, first time you do it, you're doing this right here, and you try to look at it, and it'll make you throw up like you're on the ocean. But you can take a panographic view of the whole thing. And I'm telling you, good as you look, Trey, all right, the Pano looks a lot better. God looks at the Pano. God does not look at the snapshot because when you look at the snapshot, some of the snapshots are not too appealing. So let's look and see what God's Word says in Genesis chapter 27, all right? 
This thing looks like a Netflix miniseries. It's got all the junk you need for a good show, you know? And, and so we're going to see this is God's family. Now, now let me explain. This is God's family. This is the family of promise. This is the family God introduces himself to the world through. This is the family God introduces himself as the, the God with skin on, God incarnate, Jesus God. This is the family tree that Jesus comes through. Okay? Now, now, now look at this chapter. So, so the first one on the back of your worship guide, I'll call this point, this may be the last one. This may be the last one. This is the Christmas photo or the Christmas time when you got somebody in the family always pulling the death card. This could be the last one we get. You know, Papa is about to die. And this could be the so we need to come together for the photo. And you say, what's that got to do with Scripture? Listen to this guy. Listen to this guy right here. This is Isaac. This is, this is the promised miracle baby to Abraham and Sarah. Okay, this is the this is the prompt. This is the one. This is the guy who let his dad tie him up, lay him on an altar, raise a dagger, ready to sacrifice him to God, willingly without a fight. This is the guy. Things change, man. Listen to what happens. He says, in beginning in verse one of chapter twenty-seven, when Isaac was old, and just so you know, he's one hundred and thirty. That's pretty doggone old. It's legit. Okay, he says when he's old. His eyes were so weak that he was almost blind. And so he called his older son Esau. You remember the one he loved more. And he said to him, my son. And Esau said, here I am. And Isaac said, since I'm old, I could die at any time. Now, this is true. This, that's a true statement. And let me just be real. You could die at any time. Look at, you, look at the person next to you and say, I could die at any time. That's true. We don't know when our number's up. We don't know when God calls us home. We just don't know, okay? But here's the, thi here's the thing. He lives 50 more years. He didn't die until he was 180. He's 130 thinking, I could die at any time, okay? He's going to pull the, the death card. He's going to pull the big trump card, okay, the big D. I'm dying. So this could be the last one. This is our last opportunity to get this picture. So here's what he does. He says in verse 3, therefore, I need you to take your weapons and your quiver and your bow and go out into the open fields and hunt down some wild game for me. Then prepare for me some tasty foods, you know, the kind I love, and bring it to me. Then I will eat it so that I may, so that I may bless you before I die. Now keep in mind, the one he's wanting to bless in his old age, he's circumventing. He's, he's moving around God's plan. God has already spoken from heaven. In those days, he often spoke audibly. He has already spoken and said, hey, Esau will not be the recipient of the blessing. Esau will not be the one who inherits everything. Esau will not be the family leader. He will not be the family priest. He will be, not be the family progenitor or a, a, a promoter of the family tree. It's not going to be Esau. It's going to be Jacob. Jacob was the second born. Now they're twins, but he was the second one out of the womb. So he's second born. But God saw ahead of time because he looks at the pano. God saw that Esau would have no interest in spiritual things. God saw Esau was a flesh guy. He's a guy just interested in the tangible, not the spiritual, not the things bigger than this world. And so he had already, God had already given it to Jacob. Now here's the dad knows this. Isaac knows it. This is the guy, keep in mind, that just last week, he and Rebecca could not get pregnant. So he goes to God because he had this relationship with him. He said, God, she 
wants to be pregnant. And I, I know you're, we're part of your, your future, the, the, this story you're writing, so we need to get pregnant. Boom, God heard his prayer. Bible says Rebecca got pregnant. This is the guy. Now, several years later, okay, he's not the same spiritual guy. And so he starts doing what God never intended for him to do and being who God never intended for him to be. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Dad is messed up. Now, some of you all thought, man, that is too real, okay? Some of you all said it with conviction. He's messed up, all right? Dad's messed up. In fact, Dad is so messed up, he's not going to make the Christmas photograph this year, okay? One, he thinks he's dying, so he may. They don't know. Number two, when the photograph comes out, he won't know if he's in it or not. We just tell him he's in it. He's almost blind. We'll just say, Dad, you're looking good in this picture. And they cropped him out. He's not even in it, okay? That's this guy, okay? Isaac doesn't make the photograph. And so we had a family of four getting ready for the Christmas photograph. One's already excluded because he is so messed up. Now, already you're thinking, huh, God's family? Has a mess, some messed up stuff in it? Yes, it does. It doesn't stop there. We're going to dig a little deeper. Watch what happens now. Isaac, the leader's messed up. He didn't make the cut. No photograph for him. Number two, I call this point, you stand here. Now, this is Isaac's wife, Rebecca. Rebecca's the lady that has all the answers before you even ask the question. Rebecca's the one, she's large and in charge. She's taking care of business, all right? And so when you show up for pictures, she's the one saying, hey, 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 you, you get, oh, you're the biggest one in here. Get in the back, okay? You, you, you look like you're malnourished. You need to be in the front. You know, got all answers, you know. Come over here, come over here. Fix that hair. It looks nappy right there, you know? I mean, she got all answers. She's, 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 she's bossing everybody around, okay? This is the one. Anybody know this person? If they're with you, don't just act like you don't even know, Okay? Because if you don't know who this person is, the person next to you probably does, okay? Now, listen what happens. Listen, listen to the mother, this wonderful mother of God's family. Listen what happens. It says, it says in verse 5, now, Rebecca had been listening because she, she's Snoop Dogg. She is, she's the woman got the styrofoam cup up against the wall listening to your conversation. She's the one, as soon as you lay your phone down, I don't know about like this, but her name might be Kendra. All right, but she, you lay your phone down. She's like, and I said, what are you doing? Nothing. When the girls were in high school, she'd, she'd do this. She, she's checking it. And I applauded her because she got to be the snoop. I didn't have to. But, man, she's done. I said, what are you doing? No, no, I'm just seeing what's going on. You know, spend the timetable. Girls are grown. I think it was yesterday. I looked over. She had my phone. She, she doing, what are you doing? Nothing. Okay. Snoop Dogg. Okay. She's, she's going to get in your business. This is Rebecca. She, she missed she missed the submissive wife class, okay? She, she missed the mother of the year award. Listen what happens. This, this, is, this is God's family. You thought yours was messed up. This is God's family. This is now Rebecca had been listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. And when Esau went out to the open fields to hunt down some wild game and to bring it back, verse 6, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father tell your brother Esau, Bring me some wild game and prepare me some tasty food. Then I'll eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before I die. Verse 8. Now then, my son, do exactly what I tell you to do. You stand right over here. All right? 
This one, this is beautiful. He says this, he says, he says, go out to the flock, get me two of your best young goats. I'll prepare them in a tasty way for your father, just the way he loves them. Then you will take it to your father, thus he will eat it, and he'll bless you before he dies. This, 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 this is his wife, okay? But Esau, my brother, this, <laughs> so Jacob, this is his first argument. He's going along with a plan. He doesn't see that it's all kind of upside down wrong. He's in the game, but he's got one problem. And listen to his number one concern. But Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. Isn't that funny? It's not mom. He's dad. Mom, uh, he's our father. He's the leader. He's God's man. It's not that. Mom, Esau's hairy. All right? So listen how it unfolds. So he says, uh, Jacob protested his mother, Rebekah, and he says, he's hairy and I got smooth skin. Verse 12, my father may touch me. Then he'll think I'm mocking him and bring a curse on, on myself instead of a blessing. So his mother told him, why? Because she got all the answers. You stand right here. All right? She's got the answer and says, listen, any curse against you will fall on me, my son. Just obey me and go get them for me. So he went out and he got the goats and he brought them back to his mother and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father loved it. Verse 15, then Rebekah took her older son Esau's best clothes which he had with, which she had with her in, her in the house and she put them on the younger son Jacob and she put the skins of the young goats. He got this, she gonna fur him up, all right? She takes fur, straps it to his neck takes fur and puts it on his hands, okay? Then she handed him the tasty food and the bread and she, that she made. She gave it to her son, Jacob. Whoa, j- j- just a minute right here. What's the matter with this scenario? One word, everything. <laughs> everything is wrong here. Where's somebody running in that knows about this story and says, hey, time out, don't do it. Isaac, don't do it. It's Jacob with goat hair hanging on him. It's not him. Nobody, nobody. You thought your family was messed up. You thought you had trouble faking it for a good Christmas card. You thought your, you thought your Facebook was upside down. Your family is, listen, God's family has problems too. And I want to encourage you with that. Now listen what happens. So, so he does it. He does exactly what his mommy tells him to do. You say, well, isn't there scripture about that? Yeah. Anybody know what the scripture is? It's a commandment. Honor or obey your mother and your father that your days will be long upon the earth. That's a really good scripture for like a 10-year-old. Listen to this. You know how old he is? 70. If you're here and you're 70 or post-70 and your mommy is still alive and she's still dressing you up, bossing you around, you need to move out of the house. You need to get a job. You need to grow up, okay? Now, now don't get me wrong. You, you got to honor your parents, which just means make them look good, sometimes better than they really are, okay? You got to honor them. But if your mother's still bossing you around and you're a grown man, you have some serious issues. And not just bossing you around, bossing you around with some silly stuff, like put on some goat. Put on some goat hair around your neck, around your hands, and go on in and see your dad. Go on in and lie to him. Just go ahead and do that. If that is still you and you're a man, you're a weenie, you need to grow up. You need to move past that, okay? Don't let your mother ruin and rule your life. And you say, well, aren't you being a little bit hard on Rebecca? No, I'm not. And if you're here and you're Rebecca, you need to calm down. 
okay? You need to read God's word, see who you're supposed to be. And you say, well, I still think you're hard. Listen, listen to what she does. And this is, this is the person that has all the answers. Let's spin down a little f- uh, further, verse 46. Verse 46, she realizes Jacob is leaving home. And Jacob's going to go find him a wife, okay? So she says in verse 46, then Re- Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm deeply depressed because of these daughters of Heth. And if Jacob were to marry one of these daughters of Heth, who, would, who live in this land, I think I would just die. He needs to marry a fine, upstanding Christian woman like me. Okay? What a joke. She's worried about who her son is going to marry, and her husband married a messed up woman. You see how that works? That's how this thing happens. Things start in one direction, and it snowballs, and it gets worse and worse and worse, and it happens right here in the family. Tell your neighbor, Mama ain't getting in the picture. So what we started out for our family picture this year, we had a family of four. We've just eliminated Isaac, the daddy. We've just eliminated Rebecca, the mother. Surely this is God's family. Surely the rest of the family is fine, upstanding people who have a wonderful Facebook that paints a real picture of their life. It's not a messed up life with a fancy picture. Let's keep reading. Number three I call, wait, does my hair look okay? Wait, does my hair look okay? Okay, and I'm not talking about him saying, you know, wait, let me get this goat hair smoothed down. Let me comb my goat hair. That's what I'm talking about. This is Jacob. Listen what the deal is. This is the guy who thinks if I can look good enough, they'll, they'll, they'll look past my imperfections. This is the guy that says I can take my bad story, put a nice, uh, a nice outfit on it, a nice fancy appealing life on it, and nobody will notice. This is the guy that says if I scrub myself good enough with the loofah, Okay, the world won't know what a miserable life I really have. This is a guy that says, I can cover up all my ugly if I, ugly if I just hose myself down with Abercrombie and Fitch cologne. This is a guy who's wearing an Armani robe 4,000 years ago. Okay, he shows up. This is Jacob. This is the one who hung out by the tent. This is the shepherd who was not a hunter. This is Jacob. This is the one who God said, you will be the guy, Jacob, who takes the blessing. You will be the guy who Jesus will come through. Let's look what he does. Verse 18, so Jacob went to his father and he says, my father. And Isaac replied, here I am. Which are you, my son? Jacob said to his father. Jacob said to his father. I am Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. No, he didn't. He did what his mommy told him. Now sit up and eat some of the wild game so that you can bless me. But Isaac asked his son, How in the world did you find this so quickly, my son? Because the Lord your God brought it. He's going to bring God into this scenario. Isn't that mess? That's how it goes. That's how it goes. We mess everything up and then we include God like it's his plan. He replied, verse 21, then Isaac said to to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you, my son. You know, and know for certain if you really are my son Esau. So Jacob went over to his father, (laughs) stuck that big old woolly hand out, stuck his neck out. Here, rub a little bit of this fur, dad. It's really me, hairy man, Elmo. This is me, okay? He says, he says, uh, like his brother Esau's hand. So Isaac blessed Jacob. Verse 24, then he asked, are you really my son Esau? I am, 
Jacob replied. Isaac said, bring me some of the wild game for me to eat, my son. Then I will bless you. So Jacob brought it to him, and he ate it. And he also brought him wine, and Isaac drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here and kiss me, my son. So Jacob went over and kissed him, and when Isaac caught the scent of his clothing, he blessed him. Now, do you see how messed up this family is? You thought you had one? This is God's family, and it is so messed up. Here's the guy, here's the promised seed, Isaac, who this is the guy that God's going to use to change the world through Jesus the Messiah, and it's all upside down. And now he's moved from this spiritual relationship with God to this flesh world where he says, Jacob, which one are you? You don't really sound like Esau. Jacob, come on over here. Let me pet your fur. You don't really, I want to be sure. And now he gets to the place where he goes, yeah. That's my boy. And the blessing itself is sensual, meaning it's of the senses. Listen to what he says. Yes, my son smells like the scent of an open field. What a goofy line for somebody passing on this spiritual blessing. That's you, boy. You smell like grass and animal stuff. Okay? That's, you see how far things drift? This is God's family, and it's really messed up. Then he says this in 28, may God give you the dew of the sky and the richness of the earth and plenty of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. You will be the Lord of your brothers and the sons of your mother will bow down to you. And may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Lie after lie, deception after deception. No one intervenes and Isaac is fully fooled. Tell your neighbor... Jacob can be in the Halloween picture. He's dressed for Halloween. It's Christmas time. He's all messed up. So he's out of the picture. We started with four. We've lost and disqualified three. So it looks like Esau will be flying solo. He'll be doing, you remember when you're in high school and you have the formal, you get a formal picture? They may not do this now. I'm going to date myself. Used to, when you graduate high school for the annual, they'd have a formal picture. They'd put you in this rental. I'm not even sure if it's real. It's like a dicky tuxedo. They just hang it on you, you know. It's terrible, all right? And then they would have the environmental. That's what, you remember the environmental, you're hugging a tree? You remember that? Anybody have an environmental? Anybody have an environmental? Okay. Now it'd be glamour shots. It's environmental. You're hugging poison ivy, you know. I mean, it's good, all right? Looks like Esau is going to be flying solo. Like he's going to be the only one getting on the Christmas card, all right, because the other three are terrible. But not this family member. Surely there's hope in God's family. I call this one everybody smile. Number four, everybody smile. This is the guy whose picture looks like a mugshot. This is the guy who just came out of the field. He thinks smiling is a sign of weakness. I'm not going to smile because if I smile, they're going to think I'm, you know, weak. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to give them this look. You know, the, you know what I'm talking about? The Christmas card comes out. Everybody's smiling. There's this one person in there. I hate my mama. I hate you. I hate taking pictures. Okay? And so that's why I called everybody smile. We have a grandson. And let me back up. Our daughter was, both of our daughters were smiley. Both of our daughters loved taking pictures, us taking their pictures. We got boxes to show it. And they were beautiful. It's wonderful. And so our grandson, he loves for his picture to be taken. Yesterday, we were over where we're building our house, and we have a big pile of dirt out there, and he likes to climb on it. And I helped him get up to the top. As soon as he gets to the top, he says, Mimi. And he goes like this, cheese. 
We didn't even tell him. Kendra said, I don't even have a phone. I said, here's mine. It's in here, I guess, isn't it? I hadn't even looked at it. Yeah, he wanted cheese. He's, he'll hold that point. Cheese. Okay. Now, that's not this guy. That is not this guy. Esau was not this guy. This guy is the guy who shows up for pictures, and he's wearing camo. Okay. This is the guy who showed up, and because it's picture day, he changed underwear the day before yesterday, whether he needed to or not. Okay, this, this is the guy who doesn't own a razor, doesn't own deodorant. Uh, this is the guy who says, I don't smile, I kill animals. Okay, this is the guy. And, and so th- here's our lost hope, right? The rest of the family has been disqualified. Here's the one in the family who may bring hope into our life. This is the one that maybe we get a Christmas photograph after all. Verse 30. So Isaac had just finished blessing Jacob. And Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence when his brother Esau returned from the hunt. And he also prepared some tasty food, and he brought it to his father. And Esau said to him, My father, get up and eat some of your son's wild game. Then you can bless me. And his father Isaac asked, Who are you? I'm your firstborn, he replied, Esau. Isaac began to shake violently, and he asked, Then who else hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it just before you arrived, and I blessed him, and he will indeed be blessed. Verse 34, when Esau heard his father's voice. Now, this is the man's man. This is hunter boy. This is the camo guy. This is I'm not smiling guy. Listen to his response. When Esau heard his father's words, he wailed loudly and bitterly, and he said to his father, bless me too my father. But Isaac replied, your brother came in here deceitfully and took away your blessing. And Esau exclaimed, Jacob is the right name for him. He's tripped me up two times. I think this is funny. It's okay to blame somebody for messing you up one time. You know the the old expression, if you mess me up, shame on you. You mess me up twice, shame on me. He's a slow learner. (laughs) He, He just revealed his ignorance by saying, this is twice he's gotten me. Okay, he got me with the birthright. Now he's gotten me with the blessing. So he says this. He says, then he asked, have you not kept back a blessing for me? And Isaac replied to Esau, look, I have made him Lord over you. I have made all of his relatives his servants and provided him with grain and new wine. What is left that I can do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, do you have, do you, do you have only that one blessing, my father? Can you not bless me too? Then Esau wept loudly. So his father Isaac said to him, Indeed, your home will be away from the richness of the earth and away from the dew of the sky above. You will live by the sword, but you will serve your brother. And you will grow restless, and you will tear off his yoke from your neck. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing his father had given to his brother. And Esau said privately, the time of mourning for my father is near. uh, near. Then I will kill my brother. And so here's the fourth party of the family all messed up. So the family photograph was going to be so good this year. I mean, we had this thing played out. We were going to be on vacation, and we were going to be standing down by the ocean, and everybody's going to throw on the big cheese, and we're going to capture it in a fraction of a second and let the whole world know at Christmas time that we are one wonderful, happy, perfect family. And it didn't work. And so I pause right here, and I want to tell you, your family is not perfect either. 
I want you to watch this. I'm looking for honesty. Who in here has a family that doesn't look exactly like the average photograph? Who in here has a family that's got some messed up stuff in it? Who in here has a family that maybe you're not in that chapter right now, but you've had chapters in your family that you wish you could have avoided? Anybody in here other than me, than the pastor? I don't want you to keep your hands up. It's okay. Keep your hands up, okay? We all have got them. Now you can put your hands down. Now listen, here's the, the bad news is those that didn't raise their hand, that have the perfect family, oh, we need to pray for them because they got one in the chamber headed their way, okay? They haven't experienced, they hadn't got that far yet. For the rest of us, vulnerable, honest people, we have brokenness in our families. And here is the beauty of it. So does God's family. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't shield it. He doesn't bury it. He doesn't ignore it. He puts it in his forever word so that 4,000 years ago, when we're in the middle of a chapter in our family life that we don't necessarily like, and when we're in a chapter that we wonder, God, I'm not feeling the love here. God, I don't see how you can make something wonderful out of this garbage. God, I don't know how you can even continue to say that you love me because of this thing that I'm in. God is on his throne, and he is not looking at the snapshot. He is not looking at your moment in time that everything is upside down. He is looking at the panoramic view. He is a God who is sovereign. He is a God who is omniscient. He is a God who is omnipotent. He is a God who is outside of all of that. And he looks from beginning to end. And he sees these little dark, ugly spots on your family tree. He sees these little moments in time where honestly, every single one of us mess it up. And God says, says, I see it, but I see what it can become. If you'll give it to me, I'll make something out of it, and I will use it for your good and for my glory. And that's what God does. And I want to tell you today, no matter where you're at or where, what you've been through, God can take it and whisper on it like we sang billions of stars. He'll take it and whisper on it and make billions times of goodness out of your brokenness. And you say, well, that sounds good, but, bro, Joe, I just don't know if I can believe it. You don't know where I come from. I know where God's family came from. And I want to show you what happens in this family. Jacob moves away, we'll see, in the coming chapters. He has to flee from Esau, who wants to kill him. He gets tricked. He's separated from his mother for the rest of her life. She never sees him again. No record of it. Esau kind of goes back to killing animals. Isaac ultimately dies with a broken family. Rebecca, brokenhearted because she never saw the son that she loved the most. And so how, that, that doesn't sound like God made something beautiful out of that, does it? But if you look over in the New Testament... In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11, it says, I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table 
with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. That's not enough. Matthew 22, God says, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of even Jacob. And then he goes on and says, he is not the God of the dead, but the living. I'm telling you, man, that's good stuff. That God reaches into the middle of an absolute train wreck where no matter where you look, you find a problem or a mess or a situation that's unappealing. God reaches in there and he says, hey, if you'll give it to me, I'll make something out of it. And there's those of you here today that you just need to let that thing go. You need to give it, place it in God's outstretched hand and say, God, I give it to you. Do something with it. I trust you. I'm not going to take it up again. I trust you. And you have to tell God, God, listen, I don't, I'm not expecting you to, to make it all happen and make something beautiful out of it today. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hang on, and your timing, it's going to be your will, your way, and your time. And when that happens, when you put those three things together, God's will, God's way, and God's time, something big happens, and he'll do a miracle in your life. I'm a product. Call. I am a product of God restoring brokenness. I'm a product of God taking worthlessness and breathing worth into it and he wants to do it with all of us he wants to do it with our church he wants to do it with your family he wants to use you but you have to give it to him I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second I want to pray for you I want to pray for your family I want to pray for your brokenness I want to pray that you'll just feel God's presence in your life reaching out to you, wanting to offer you grace and mercy and a double portion of his presence and love. Lord God, we come to you and I pray right now for every person that's in this place. 